the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. feel like I want to start with let's get ready to rumble. This market has uh, some fight in it, right? Well, it did sort of until maybe today. Maybe today is the pause that refreshes. The S&P 500 is dropping, pacing to end a five-day Rocky Balboa winning streak as economic data and virus data. Not that different than yesterday, but it, it's weighing on people. Yesterday, maybe we were interpreting things like, hey, we're opening up no matter what. Today, we're like, wow, there's still a lot of people dying, but we're still opening up. It's just the same thing, but a slightly different way. Stocks fell today out of the gate. And again, it's a little bit, for me, nice. I know you're saying, what are you talking about, Rob Black? I don't think you want the stock market at an all-time high all the time. Otherwise, then otherwise, you know, you're just made a market made up of winners. Do you want that? It sounds good, but it's not efficient. It's not a recipe for long-term success. Novavax, Novavax. We have heard about so many companies working on vaccines, working on cures, working on antibody improvements, working on. You, you get the idea, right? So Novavax received a $1.6 billion in U.S. federal funding to quickly develop a COVID-19 vaccine. You're like, that's good news, right? <laughs> um, not today. <coughs> yesterday it could have been. And it's the same exact freaky news that we got yesterday from a different company, um, Regeneron. It's just it's the slightly different phrasing. Uh, phase three trials are going good. One point six billion dollars in federal funding. You'd, uh. But we have heard Regeneron. We have heard Novavax. We have heard Moderna. We have heard Pfizer. And we don't quite one hundred percent know if it's a zero sum game where winner takes all. But it's kind of the assumption. 
is the way the news is reporting it, right? There was an economic data point for the world that came out this morning. We tend not to talk. Maybe we talk a little bit about Chinese manufacturing numbers are good or China's GDP numbers. We pay a little, but we don't talk about countries like France's GDP. We never talk about Germany on this show. If we do, it's rare and random, and we're saying, wow, we saw bad economic activity across Europe. Well, today we see the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Develop. They issued a dismal economic forecast for the world due to a second wave of COVID-19. And I can already tell you how this makes me not angry. Just it, it shows you that the media is kind of failing us. So it, we see that a second wave. But then Fauci this morning is like, no, no, it's still the first wave. And we're like, ah, mask or no mask? It just tell us what to do and we're robots. We'll try to do it. Amazon is above $3,000 per share. Man, I, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist because I sound a little bit nuts uh, what I do. But COVID has been very, very, very well. It's been very good to Amazon's business model. <laughs> yes, we did see some companies keep up. And that's probably the, the only thing negative that you could say. But, geez, let, let's think about this. If we are to look back all the way to March, um, this was a stock that was $1,800, $1,900. And now it's 3036 I know there's been some stops along the way where like – in the last 20 years. I really want to own Amazon, but it's expensive. I really want to own Amazon, but it's at an all-time high. I really want to own Amazon, but in the last three months, it's up 50%, essentially. Ooh. That's pretty crazy how good COVID has been to Amazon. Apple's not complaining. Nor is Microsoft or Google. Or Facebook. Or Netflix. They all, big tech have seemed to be in the right place, or maybe they've got the right wording or the right models or the right CEOs, or maybe they're big monopolies. Um, but it's interesting to see, <laughs> you know, it's funny, but like some of these stocks you can say, oh, I remember when Tesla was at $200 a share. Do you remember when Elon Musk talked about Tesla stock should be worth about 420 and he had just started dating Grimes, which you got to listen to her music if you haven't listened to her music. And you'll like go, whoa, Grimes, and it's spelled just like it sounds. <laughs> but um, do you remember when Elon Musk was like saying, hey, my stock should be worth 420 Well, it's over 1000 now. Whoa. Uh, the moves happen pretty quickly. So the up moves and the down moves seem to happen very, very quickly. Boeing's kind of cooled off. Um, after having had a big play in the market for quite a while. United Airlines warns of lower bookings. So we know the stock market. I mean, just look at the bookings on airplanes, and you're like, how could the stock market get back to where it was? It makes no sense. United Airlines has warned of booking declines and potential furloughs due to a new travel restrictions and an internal presentation with the company's employees. We knew that when March hit and COVID hit and people stopped flying, period. 
we knew there was going to be a bailout for the airlines. They got their bailout, and the bailout clearly and specifically said, you really aren't allowed to fight. If you take this money, you're not allowed to fire anyone until September. And I'm telling you, there's another round of layoffs coming for at least the big airlines in September. So there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's some bad news built in, but hold on, wait, wait. I'm Rob Black. If I know that, the market knows that. I think that's the one first business lesson we want to creep out of the first segment with today is you're not ever going to be smarter than the market. You're never going to have, unless it's totally illegal, insider information. And insider information on a company like a biotech stock where, hey, I got this buddy who works for a company that says, we're going to announce tomorrow morning you know, a COVID-19 cure. You're like, whoa, what's the name of the company? <laughs> that would be the way you're smarter than the market. But, you know, I work at Crown Television, and they're owned by Nexstar Broadcasting. And I have, when I'm in the hallways, people want to tell me stuff about the stock. I'm like, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. I don't want to know. And yet people want to urge and say, hey, you know what? Hey, I hear we're going to sell our uh, bandwidth. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? 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 And then that actually never happened. The times you get insider information sometimes doesn't happen. So don't ever think you're smart in the market. Don't don't be that person, please. I know you're saying that's kind of odd, but yes, it is what it is. Home prices in the United States are in the news. And again, how do we go home? And some people are just told you don't have to pay your mortgages. And some landlords are just told you don't have to pay uh, your bills. Um, how does the housing market kind of like whistle through the graveyard here? Well, they're part of the trend of COVID, right? When Google and Amazon and Apple said, you don't have to come to work, people were like, do you mean I don't have to live five miles from work and drive, and it takes me an hour to go five miles? I could live wherever I want? Half the housing costs? Goodbye. So housing's going to be interesting how it plays in the COVID thing, but prices are going to fall about 6.6% this year is the expectation due to core logic. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Listen to the commercial. Got a big webinar coming out this month. I'm Rob Black. Everything's drowning, going down beneath the waves. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm not going to give out genius information each and every day. My goal is to get you in the stock market and somehow keep you there. My goal is to try to get you involved in the stories so that you see like kind of the beauty of it, but don't get you caught up in the greed or the fear. It's kind of an odd thing that I say that out loud the way I do, but it is what it is. March is going to go down in history in our minds as well. We kind of got through that. Then April and May, we're like, well, things do recover. There's this concept of, was I supposed to be afraid there? Was I supposed to panic in March? And maybe you you learn, like, hey, you can ride some of this stuff out. It's kind of interesting. Uh, We've gotten through one earnings season that, quite honestly, is not going to be the best gauge. um, Because it just kind of reflected things in March. Things were normal and easy, relatively speaking, in, in February. And January. So things didn't get kind of interesting in our economy until boom, March. So now we've gotten that through. 
The next thing that you kind of have to get through, and again, work with me on this one, is the next round of earnings. Uh, there has not been a lot of visibility. Companies like FedEx say, hey, we beat expectations recently. And you're like, wow, you beat expectations because didn't this happen in March? So we're almost stoked. We're almost excited for them. But they said, do you want to know about the future? And we're like, yeah. We're like, well, we're not going to tell you right now because <laughs> they didn't give us that guidance. And that kind of stinks a little bit. Because the next earnings season may have a negative surprise where like, oh, they did some accounting that laid off people or took costs too early. And we kind of forgot about that last quarter that they could do that. So the next quarter earnings, <clears throat> to me, <clears throat> should mark the rock bottom. And once we get through it, we'll be able to say we got through the rock bottom of earnings. I think March... I don't even know anymore. I was going to say, I think March was the month where we were like, wow, we got through the, the, the biggest push in COVID. But it seems if you listen to some numbers, it's, it's still not really the biggest push or it's the biggest push is happening kind of right now in new markets. So there's a lot to process right now. And Wall Street does do some processing, but let me promise you something. And I got to be very careful how I say this because I don't want to be too gross. But there ain't nothing Wall Street can't process. Our, our market, you're like, oh, we, I can have one up that. We could do the assassination of a president, Kennedy. Horrible day for America, right? Horrible day. You want to one up it? How about Vietnam? You want to up that? How about World War II? You want to up that? How about Nagasaki and Hiroshima? Where we're like, whoa, we can, anyone can throw a nuclear bomb. How about 9 11? How about $150 oil? Like, this market can get through anything. We need to get through the next earnings season, and that should mark, in my mind, kind of the bottom point, <clears throat> and I think bottoms work in a couple ways, like maybe economic bottom points, economic data bottom points, and maybe stock market bottom points, and you would think, like, well, the economy is not looking great. Why is the stock market in high? Well, the stock market looks great compared to interest rates. As the Federal said, Federal Reserve said, we're going to keep interest rates really low. Now, one of the things that will do is by keeping it low, it'll take old man Smithers down the road, <clears throat> and Smithers will go, well, I need money. <clears throat> I can't get it to the bank. The bank's offering me nothing. So if Smithers, since the bank is offering him nothing, will say, I need something. Where do I go? And he may say, I'm going to get into stocks, <clears throat> or he could say bonds. But bonds aren't really working either. Stocks are. Compared to inflation, stocks are. So old man Smithers may say, oh, well, I'm going to use some of my cash to invest in maybe Intel that has a dividend yield. Or <clears throat> maybe like a, a Boeing, a good safe. No, 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 Smithers. Don't do that one. Maybe a, a utility company where everyone has to pay their electricity or they lose it. But then you go, well, I, I did hear about PG&E. <laughs> Aren't they the, the utility company that went down? Yes. There's no free money. There's no risk-free anything. Um, you could say that cash is kind of risk-free. We've seen the dollar break once before. Uh, it doesn't happen often, but when you put a dollar in the bank and you get 99, 98 cents back, that's considered a, a catastrophe. I know you're saying, but it's just one little penny. 
So psychologically, we have to get ready for that second round of bad earnings. The first round had the only one of three months in it. <clears throat> this one will, will decimate. I mean, I, I have to mention the airline show just awful numbers. Um, and it, yes, they'll say, but we're they're better numbers in March. And that's smart. That's a good thing to compare off of. Your low point in the healthcare scare where no one was flying. Now some people are flying. Again, big arguments can be made. Is that a good idea? Or is that a bad idea? And I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> I'm not going to go there. So if you are old man Smithers right now and you're looking for a dividend stock to replace cash or a CD, which is comparatively very, very safe, you jump up the risk when you go dividend stocks. But if you were to screen for stocks that have safer yields, let me give you some names that I saw in Barron's that they did a, <clears throat> a study and they scanned for um, dividend stocks that look to be a, more on the safe side. They're, they're looking for the highest yielding quintile. The idea is to avoid stocks with very high yields, though, and they could be prone to dividend cuts in the future. Maybe something's wrong. Maybe Wall Street doesn't see what the company's trying to show. But names like Chubb, I know you're saying, boring insurance company. T. Rowe Price, boring mutual fund company. These are good companies with nice dividends. Amgen may not have a cure for COVID, but Amgen's got a lot of biotech uh, products. Amgen was one of the very first biotech companies, and now they've grown up. They've had their explosive growth in the 90s and 2000s. Now they they can't move that fast. They're huge. They've done a lot of acquisitions, which is kind of interesting. Sometimes when you acquire a company, you roll up some of the problems. But Amgen is a nice biotech company. It's a mature biotech company with a 2.5% dividend yield. Would I consider it? Yeah. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned. Caterpillar. Now, when you own something like a Caterpillar for the dividend, you're going to get 3.2%. That's way better than a bank, right? <clears throat> you're like... Caterpillar was around when I was a little boy. Caterpillar, my my little boy, he loves caterpillars. And his little boy, one day, he'll get on a big cat. Like, I've had male dreams of driving a big caterpillar rig down Highway 101 in rush hour. Going like five miles an hour with my headphones on. They're, they're iconic. But does caterpillar always go up? No. They are a play on the world economies. And world economy is growing slightly, should cause Caterpillar to have a very nice future. If the, if world economies grow too fast, maybe they can meet up, meet demand. Maybe they can't. Maybe competitors come in and take market share. <clears throat> so Caterpillar is kind of a slow growing company. But you know what's interesting? One on this this stock list is Amgen was kind of a sexy dividend play, right? It's a biotech company, but Gilead Sciences is on this, and that is a, a company that has like cancer drugs. Consult a broker advisor, but it, people are always going to be chasing yields. Be careful. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
So there was a interesting moment in the world of COVID-19 and how things have progressed or not yesterday when Donald Trump tweeted out schools must open in the fall. Um why do I make that a bigger deal than it actually is? It's a good question. I think that's one of those lines in the sand where we're going, well, that's a sign that things are normal again when people are willing to put their kids into a school-type scenario. I think that's what it is. Or maybe it's the scenario of like, hey, we're going back to football games. All's good in life again. I know that guy next to me is drunk or maybe he's got COVID. I'm not sure which one it is. But, well, I feel comfortable with it. Will we ever get there? I was just talking to my producer, and this was the point of this. And um, it's so weird because, like, the stock market's just doing its thing. It's 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 nice, um, but it's kind of going right by the problems that are out there. <clears throat> One of the things that I'm missing right now is like the ability to get excited by stuff. I feel like maybe last year at this time, I was like, well, at Christmas time, we're going to get the last Star Wars that I've been waiting 40 years of my life to get the conclusion of this. And I maybe I was playing up the hype. But losing that ability to get excited by stuff, I wonder if that's going to have any damage to the economy. Um, good golly, the stock market is up so much in the last two months. And yet, we still don't know if we're going back to school. But that's why I'm invested. And that's why I stay invested because there's going to be periods of time where we're like, that shouldn't be. Listen to this. The S&P 500 is up 5.7% in the last five days. The NASDAQ is up 6.9%. Amazon's up 13.5% in five days. Tesla up 42.9%. Five days. Are we overbought? Yes. Are we overstimulated? Yes. We're all of that. <clears throat> Going up indefinitely is very, very hard to do. I don't know. Some of my analogies work, but it's like Jack and the Beanstalk. <clears throat> Jack and the Beanstalk was an idea that you can plant a little seed. It'll go straight up, and you can walk up to the clouds and go in, sneak past a giant corporate America or sneak by a giant slash capitalism. I don't know. Steal his golden egg and climb back down. If you climb straight up, you can get a golden egg is the idea. It, no, 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 no. You kind of want some bumps along the road. Novavax, who has that $1.6 billion award from the government to complete a phase three clinical trial of its COVID vaccine, trying to establish larger scale manufacturing, they got $1.6 billion from the U.S. government because they're getting closer. Now I have to imagine... That the day there's a COVID vaccine, we're like, we're going back to school. Yay. You know, school, elementary school is our babysitters. Yay. Um, I have to imagine the day there is a vaccine candidate known and uh, we're going to have – everyone's going to have a shot in their hand if they want in the next month. And then we're going to hear, well, wait, you don't want it? Okay. Oh, boy. Opting, opting out of something. <clears throat> But don't you think the day the vaccine's announced that it's going to be a big party on Wall Street? We could play like Miley Cyrus, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke, party in the USA. <clears throat> you would think there's going to be a big day, right? But maybe that won't happen because we were thinking it. Wall Street has a funny way of figuring out exactly what I'm thinking. 
<laughs> I know you're saying, you feel that too? I thought that was just my wife. She knows every time I'm thinking bad thoughts. So Regeneron signs a $450 million contract with the U.S. government for its coronavirus therapy. That was yesterday. Today it's Novavax with a $1.6 billion deal. <clears throat> I'm not saying it's getting pricey, but we are trying to throw money at it. <clears throat> you got to say that. 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. Yesterday, a list of small businesses that received loans from the government was released. And a lot of people are having kind of a, of a, a field day going through that. My world, it's too easy to judge and go, really? You need a country club to get a bailout? Really? <clears throat> you almost have to check cynicism at the door. Otherwise, it does get kind of like, really? So Regeneron has a deal. Novavax has a deal. Who's going to be the one that gets it done? Markets opened a little bit lower today. Not all the markets. The S&P 500, the Dow did. NASDAQ opened lower but went positive. The S&P 500 is trying to fight back. There is some negatives out there. <clears throat> there are some well-known stuff. For instance, a chef said yesterday, with no relief package appearing for COVID-19 pandemic and how it's hit mom-and-pop restaurants, that it was weird when I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. I'm not saying I, I did this over 20 years ago, but one of the weirder things was I was like, where's your where's your um, chain restaurants? You couldn't find them. And like my downtown street that I live on, they've limited the number of they, they're trying to be European in my downtown city. They're trying to be very like cool and chic. They've like limited car spaces. Like they, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, they've only allowed three chains in. And it's in their, like, I guess, I don't know, public works domain charter belief system that only three big chains, restaurants that have more than three restaurants, there's only allowed three of them there. Whoa. So it is a lot of mom and pops. And anyway, a restaurant owner said, you know, I think about 50% of these companies are going to go away. I've already seen three restaurants that I regularly ate at last year shut down for good. One of the most shocking ones was a company called Vans. And it's kind of an old school uh, restaurant where white linen, slightly older waiters, very knowledgeable wine list. Uh, it's not the best steak you've ever had, but it's priced like it. It's not the best chicken marsala you ever had, but it's priced like it kind of place. The owner just said, I'm, I'm selling the condos. Like I've had enough. I don't know when I can open back up. And he's, and what was interesting, it was like, like a 1906 tea house there. And it's a beautiful restaurant. It looks like a historic location. It probably is a historic location because it came from the 1906 world's fair, 1990, something like that. And uh, pretty cool stuff, but gone. So I, I think that's something that we're going to have to deal with. Now, with that said, you know, um, the restaurants, they're starting to see revenues come back. But it's still pretty weird to walk by a restaurant when you see half the patrons wearing masks. And they're sitting outside, which is lovely. Thank goodness for California on that level, right? Even a company like Taco Bell or McDonald's is trying to factor in how to space things out correctly. P500 
Pizza Hut's largest franchisee, a company called NPC, just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. So it's not just the mom and pop restaurants. It's sometimes the restaurants that have too much debt. Like, for instance, um, a franchisee, he owns you know 20 Kentucky Fried Chickens. He takes on a lot of debt to own those. And then he goes, well, I like the chicken, but pizza, America wants pizza too. It's football season. And Papa John's just pooched the punt. And uh, I think their CEO said something racist last year. So I think there's a good chance we could like get ahead of them in the market for pizza. So you take on more debt. So I think the lesson, and I try to get something we walk away with, some restaurants are going to get out of it clean. They've got a loyal following. They're not going to pay their rent, right? That's going to be how clean you escape what it looks like. Some restaurants are going to go bankrupt. Who's going to go bankrupt? The people who have more debt. Everyone who I've ever who ever met who's gone bankrupt personally, I'm trying to think about this because it's, it's a big statement. They all have big debts. Um, or something happened that created debt faster than they could service it. So it's not like they, I do know people who went out and had a house and they took money out of it, bought another house, took money out of that and bought another house. And they had a lot of um, – Equity, they thought they were taken out, but the equity didn't last through like maybe an earthquake or a recession. But most, you know, some of the people I, I see go bankrupt, they, they get a lot of debt, and the debt's tied towards like medical bills. Um, and you're like, well, they couldn't, they couldn't have seen that one coming. You do want to have an emergency fund, and let's say you do get into a situation where you have crazy medical bills hit you. Bankruptcy laws are there for your protection. <clears throat> This isn't a country – I have to be very careful what I say about my country these days. This is not a country that was meant to be like a debtor's prison. <clears throat> if you make a mistake, our, our, bank, our courts are like, shame on you. But you know what? We're going to let you out of the, the penalty box. And you can be let out of the penalty box a lot in your life. Um, I was talking with an elderly person about an elder law abuse scam that they got sucked into. <clears throat> Where they had an accountant who wasn't really an accountant. And the accountant said, I have this real estate deal. And he got people in front of money. <clears throat> and it was going to be like an income stream for life kind of thing. And the guy went out and, and he basically spent it. And conveniently, the police aren't that interested in going after a guy that you're stupid and give your money to. I, it seems like white-collar crime. It seems like it should be punishable, but it seems like this guy skated through bankruptcy laws. So he basically gets you to he scams you. He gets you to write a check to, you, to him. You should never do that. You want the fiduciary standard if possible. You want credentials that are legit if possible. Being the first vice president of a mortgage company is not legit credentials. Being a senior expert on retirement is not a credential it's not legit it's just a made up name like I'm the king of the golden toilets and you're like where's the golden land of golden toilets I want to get there anyhow and anyway I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more find me at newfocusfinancial.com you want to teach but not be taught I want to throw my Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, five up days. Are we geared to break that streak? It looks like it. Would I be surprised if we'd go up six? No. Is it healthy to always go up? No. But you, you don't get the chicken bones. You don't get the ability to predict this stuff with a lot of – I don't want to use the word clarity incorrectly, but you get the idea. Let's talk about what we saw yesterday. I thought there, this was pretty interesting. Uber met its match in acquired Postmates. Now, Wall Street liked that. I've been in Ubers. I've ordered from Grubhubs. I've never used Postmates. Don't know why, but that's out there. Okay, So we all know these companies. I think. But Uber went up on the news and they are acquiring a company. Wall Street tends not to like the company that's doing the acquiring. They tend to like the acquiree because someone's paying a premium for them is the thought. So Wall Street must have really liked this deal or they must have really appreciated that Grubhub didn't happen. That the United States government probably wasn't going to bless that acquisition because they're too big, both of them. So going after a much smaller Postmates, eh, it's good. Typically, you see the acquiring company's stock trade lower, right, when they announce a deal in an all-stock transaction. I was discussing this yesterday that I think it was part of Uber's plan all along to do massive layoffs. Because right before they did their IPO a few years ago, they did a massive hire everyone they could spree, start the service everywhere they could, lose money essentially everywhere they could by giving promos, go public with great revenues, and then let the insiders start to sell out. But also have kind of a planned strategy. I remember a friend of mine works for the company, and at the time he gave me some insider news, so I didn't trade on it. He didn't give it to me. I just kind of overheard him talking. But the inside information, I don't know how insider it was, but it was it was from a legit source. It was something along the lines of Uber's eventually going to lease, release a credit card, and they're going to set up credit card rewards, like take a look at Starbucks, rewards, apps. People love it. That's how you get someone loyal. Three trips and you get one for free. Three trips and you get a free coffee. Um, three trips and you get a free scone. Like, it's not that hard to come up with that business model, but we knew they were saving that, or I kind of figured that out because after the after you get public, they're, they're like, hey, look, this is my business. And then if you don't have some planned data to drop, you're missing an opportunity to keep people's attention. You got them with the IPO, but now then you're like, hey, 30 days later, did you hear Uber just announced a credit card rewards point system? And they were doing this kind of funny thing where drivers could get paid that day. They could settle up their, their rides that day. So if they had to go get gas, that they weren't down money for the day. They were trying to sell that as kind of a, a cool feature. Eh. But Wall Street liked the Uber deal. Like I said, it's usually a, a company goes down in value when they, they buy another company for all stock because it's dilutive likely. Otherwise, the acquiring company Postmates would say something like, I don't think you paid enough for us because your stock didn't go down. People like us. They think we're going to be a good addition to you. We should charge you more. So Postmates has a huge uh, following uh, in Los Angeles. 
Uber Eats has almost no users in Los Angeles. I've never used Postmates. I don't live in L.A. Uh, CFP Chad Burton from Pacific Northwest, he uses Postmates. I'm like, I never, it's not on my radar. But again, so Uber, Wall Street's cheering because they acquired a company that's got exposure in L.A. that they don't. So they're acquiring market share. Postmates is known for its strong relationships with small and medium-sized restaurants. Uber's kind of a jerk. Uber Eats, on the other hand, is really focused on big chains like McDonald's, and they're doing quite well with it. So Uber is saying, hey, we acquired Postmates, and this is good for restaurants because it's going to offer more tools, more technology, and more easily and cost-effectively connect with bigger consumer base. That's kind of true, right? Now, again, we've started the consolidation in this space. We've, and when you cut consolidate, or when you start consolidation, you increase competition. When you increase competition, um, they're going to be judged a little bit more on efficiencies. So they have to get a little bit more profitable. So the Grubhubs, the Uber Eats, the DoorDashes, the Postmates, the Amazon restaurants, the Caviars, there's too many. There's too much competition. But the quality of competition is pretty weak right now. As they get better and more laser focused, that'll up the game. So the question for this Uber acquiring Grubhub, it didn't happen, too big, can't happen, right? So Grubhub got left at the altar. Grubhub went off and got married to a European company, just like Grubhub. They have to go off and go go, go all French on us and eat uh, from the, the pie of a company called JustEatTakeaway.com. You're like, oh. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they had different geographies. There wasn't a lot of competition or a lot of competition going away. They're expanding their market, just like Uber's expanding their market. But they are also taking a competitor off the market at the same time. So the question is, what's Lyft going to do? Is Lyft just going to look at Amazon and Uber and Grubhub and go, yeah, we don't need to do, we don't need to be all that cool there, even though it's a way of doing their business model. Interesting, right? So Wall Street likes that. I don't own any Uber. I think I could make a case for it, but I don't own it. There's, do you know one problem I have is there's too many damn good stocks. That's why I never understand why people would own. And again, I'm just this is an easy knock for me. A cruise line. Um, that seems like you're making your life difficult when there's other leisure type of investments you could have that have similar exposures, but let maybe less risk. Or, I don't know, I shouldn't knock cruise lines. I'm knocking cruise lines. That's where I've got to do it in my life, right? Uh, markets. It's early on, but after five days, it looks like maybe a closing session's in order. Or do we Rocky Balboa fight our way back? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Big webinar coming up in July. Listen to the commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What will your retirement look like in a post-pandemic world? What do you need to do to protect your finances and retirement goals? On July 16th, join New Focus Financial for an important webinar on investing and retiring post-pandemic. Rob Black will give a timely report on the market outlook for the rest of the year. 
and professional CFP Chad Burton will cover the risks and opportunities of retirement planning in a post-pandemic world, how this SECURE Act will affect your retirement, and how the 2017 tax reform may have opened a short nine-year window for retirees to reduce taxes permanently, plus optimal social security strategies, the pros and cons of IRA to Roth conversions, transitioning your portfolio to the income phase, and many more insights to help you move forward in these unprecedented times. There's no cost for this webinar, but registration is required. Again, that's Thursday, July 16th at 6 p.m. Register today for this important webinar at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.